Hello, and welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Lindsay of Pen and Paper Patterns. Hello. Now, before we jump into all our quilty fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Lindsay? Yes. So uh, again, my name is Lindsay. I am from Arizona, born and raised. And I have been making quilts for about 10 years now, but designing quilt patterns for about eight. And uh, my business name is Pen and Paper Patterns. So tell us a little bit more about the name Pen and Paper Patterns, where it all began. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I expected when I came up with this name to be asked that question pretty regularly, but I can count on one hand the amount of times. People have asked me that question because I just assumed there's nothing sewing related in that name. So, you know, I thought for sure people would want to know. So I'm glad you guys asked. Um, It's kind of a funny and kind of long story. So I'll make it as I'll make it quick. (laughs) But basically, I um, I was working at a local scrapbook and fabric store. And while I was working there, I would help them with their store displays. I'd also do like weekly uh, tutorials on their blog. And one time while I was working on a Christmas display, I decided I had this idea for like a Christmas tree quilt pattern. And normally I would just make it a free pattern, put it on their blog. Um, But this time I was like, you know what? I think I want to like actually make a quilt pattern to sell as part of the the display. Um, A lot of my coworkers or teachers that work there would do that as well. It was just a great way to kind of earn a little bit of extra income and whatnot. So anyways, I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to sell it as a quilt pattern. Um, This might be something I do again. So I want to like come up with a name to put on the pattern. Um, But because I am the type of creative person that kind of jumps from hobby to hobby, I wanted to come up with a name that was kind of generic or universal that I could apply to whatever creative hobby I pursued next. Um, So because most are actually all of the creative things I've pursued have involved paper, pen, or paper and pencil. I thought no matter what I do, if this pattern design thing doesn't work out, I can use the name pen and paper for whatever I do next. Had I known, I would still be designing quilt patterns 10 years or almost 10 years later. Um, I might have gone with a different name, but (laughs) maybe a shorter name. But, um, you know, at this point, I, I'm a, I like it now. Also, I love an alliteration, so that's also <laughs> that's also fun. But um, but no, that's where that's where the name came from. So you mentioned that uh, you tend to sort of jump from uh, craft to craft. So how did quilting manage to stick? I okay. So this is my theory. I don't entirely know why because I've done so many different things over the years. But I think it's because with pattern design or quilting, it's something new every single time. And for the most part, I'm making it once or twice, the the quilt. I mean, I'm making the quilt once or twice, and then I'm moving on to the next thing. And it's always something that I'm excited about. I can use whatever colors I want to use, fabrics. Um, Also, sewing in general, I I can make bags, I can make clothes. You know, there's just so many things you can do with sewing. So I think it's the variety and just... It always feels new and exciting to me. 
And when did you start quilting? I technically started quilting in 2003. Um, I was pregnant with my daughter. A friend had invited me to take some like quilting classes, just very casual at a friend's house um, kind of thing. Um, but because I was pregnant with my daughter, I didn't make it to the end <laughs> of those classes. So I never learned how to like attach binding, for example, to a quilt. Um, but I did learn the basics of sewing. So over the next seven years, I um, I sewed here and there, but mainly I was just kind of focused on mom life. But it was then in 2010, I got a job, like I'd mentioned, at that uh, scrapbook fabric store, and they offered all their new employees a beginning, a beginning quilting class. So I just hopped on that opportunity and immediately became obsessed and you know, passionate about uh, quilting and sewing. And so, yeah, the the rest is history. That's so cool how that the store uh, allowed you to attend the beginner's quilting class. It's very unheard of. Yeah. And it was like a four week long class and um, I learned so much during it. And I know it, it, it was a great way for uh, people who worked at the store because they had just recently started selling fabric. So it was a great way for uh, people to become more familiar with sewing and just the products that they were selling in general. So your designs are largely repeating whimsical pictorial blocks featuring bold, modern, fresh color palettes. Um, so what keeps you returning to those repeating blocks? Um, really, I mean, obviously, I love how it looks. Um, so I, I just love the kind of modern um, vibe that those repeating blocks have. But um, most of my patterns, or if not all of them, are based on a theme. So, and a lot of them are like nature themed. And I love to, with my quilt designs, kind of get like evoke a feeling or like an experience in a way, or just um, make you imagine a a scene. And I don't, it's hard to explain, <laughs> but like, for example, my mushroom, my forest fungi quilt, I, when you look at that, I want you to feel like you're in the forest and you're experiencing, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I love, I just love how uh, versatile and modern and just, it's fun. They're fun to design, honestly. And do you have a background in design? We know that we've read actually that you, um, you've done some children's book illustration as well as selling handmade invitations on Etsy. So does that kind of play into how you approach quilt block design? Uh, well, first of all, I, I attempted to become a children's uh, illustrator. I, we, a friend and I tried and we did, <laughs> no one accepted our, <laughs> our proposals, but, um, no, for sure. Every creative thing I pursued over the years has helped to, you know, it's all been a learning experience and helped me grow as a creative person. And I've been able to use things I've learned through all of those hobbies and apply them to quilt pattern design or just as a business, um, or a creative person in general, I don't have any formal you know, uh, background in design. I've taken some college art classes, but I've been creative since I was very little. So I've always been taking art classes and that kind of thing, or again, doing all kinds of creative hobbies. So yeah, I've learned a lot just from those experiences. So you've been designing and selling quilt patterns for several years. Um, so have you found your style has changed since your first pattern and how? Um, I actually, I get told this pretty regularly that people will tell me that they'll look at a pattern I designed a while ago and be like, they'll, they know it's one of my 
my design. So I think for the most part, my style hasn't changed. Um, I do feel like I, I've evolved and grown as a pattern designer. Um, I think my patterns are more thoughtful and intentional than they were maybe at the beginning. Um, but I think what has actually changed the most is maybe like the color palettes I use now. Um, I think at the beginning, I think with most quilters, if you've been, you know, quilting for the last 10 years at the very beginning, like more saturated, vibrant, um, kind of rainbow colors were used at the beginning. Um, I've kind of segued into more muted color palettes, uh, recently, but, most recently, I've kind of combined the two where I'm combining muted colors and kind of more, you know, saturated colors and yeah, doing a combo of two. But that for sure, the, my taste in colors and that kind of stuff has changed for sure over the years. And where do you gather inspiration for different color palettes for your work? Um, Pinterest. <laughs> Mostly Pinterest. Um <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, just search color palettes on Pinterest, and you you there's a you know all all the color palettes you can think of. So that definitely that can be a jumping off point for me. A lot of times, I definitely gravitate towards the same like Kona colors, for example, and I use those frequently in my quilts. And maybe I'll incorporate a new color, you know, um, you know, with each quilt because I do get tired of using the same color palettes. I like to mix it up and and do something new with each quilt, but I will, I'll always incorporate like yellow, like curry or yarrow or whatever. Um, I love my, those colors. <laughs> me, me too. Or like cedar or foxglove or shale. Those colors are my like tried and true. Um, but yeah, I, if I'm feeling stuck on something, I go, I can go to Pinterest uh, for a color palette and be like, okay, what, give me some ideas. And that is so helpful. And what are you normally typing in um, when you're looking out for color palettes on Pinterest? Because it can get pretty overwhelming. There. Yes. Yes. So I will, um, well, I will either narrow it down to the amount of colors I want. So I'll do like six color palette, or if I know I want yellow in my color palette, I'll do yellow color palette. And that will, you know, generate, you know, color palettes with yellow in it. But um, yeah, that's basically what I do. And I definitely, I have a, a Pinterest board for color palettes that I save anything that I love too. And yeah. Is that a Pinterest board public that we can still <laughs> oh, get? <laughs> it, it sure is. It sure is. Yeah. So I share all my favorite color palettes. Yeah. On there. Okay. So we got to go follow you on Pinterest now. <laughs> <laughs> You're really good. Both of you are so good with color palettes. So I yeah, I think you guys are good. You don't need my help. <laughs> I, I I let um, prequilt uh, the color randomizer take the wheel and what? go from there. Yeah, I, did, oh my I God. didn't know that was on there. Wendy, you've got you've got you have other sources of information. It's not it's, it's, your color palettes are not spaghetti at the wall. <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit, but I actually did recently discover this website. I have it on my tab. Let yes, me see. Hang on, it's really cool. Um, but it's called pigment.shapefactory.co, and it just randomly generates all these colors. So when you're diving into a new quilt pattern, do you typically find yourself starting with like a concept uh, for the blocks or are you starting with color inspiration or is it kind of a mix of both? Definitely concept. Um, so I'll get an idea and I will sketch it out on actually, so I don't do a lot of 
paper and pencil or pen. <laughs> now I know, gasp. <laughs> gasp. Um, <laughs> I um, typically take it to Illustrator and I'll, you know, sketch out the idea there. And then I will incorporate color and, and figure that out. Always love hearing um, people's different processes and how they come up with a design and everything. Um, it's really interesting. But anyway, so you've been designing quilt patterns for almost 10 years. So in your opinion, what makes it a popular and successful quilt design? Yes. So this is a difficult question because personally, I feel like you can do the same. You can have a checklist and cross every single thing off that checklist for all the patterns you release. And one can do really well and one can, you know, flop. And so I, I mean, obviously, obviously those things are helpful, but sometimes it feels like the stars just kind of have to magically align um, sometimes. But I think what is for sure helpful is um, designing a quilt that is authentic to you and not designing something that you just think will sell well. So um, being genuinely excited about what you're designing, I think is very important because I think people pick up on that when you're not, you know, authentic to who you are. Um, so that's one. Also, I think that putting like writing a pattern that is thorough and detailed and has been tech edited or pattern tested and your people are getting what they they pay for. You know, I think that's also crucial to a successful uh, pattern launch because that's going to make an impression on, you know, the, you know, if this is a first time customer, you're, that's your first impression. And, um, you know, if you want people to come back and, you know, keep buying your patterns, you want to make sure it's a good quality product as well. So you mentioned um, just a second ago the idea of being true to yourself. And how do you think, you know, you you mentioned also way earlier that, you know, people can recognize your style. Um, how do you really keep it? Is this something that you find comes naturally to you? Or is it something that you're constantly, you know, um, like taking stock of or keeping your, like tabs on to make sure that it fits into the pen and paper style? Um, I think it just comes naturally because if I feel like I'm forcing something, if I'm forcing a design just purely to make a pattern with it, I, I can't move forward with it. It goes in my maybe later pile. So um, as long as I'm excited and feel passionate, passionate about the idea and I love it, that's, yeah, it's just what I, instinctively, however I feel about the design. I'm almost sort of feeling that I'm what you're what I'm taking away from here as well is that it's uh, quality over quantity, right? Yes, for yeah. sure. Yes, because yeah. um, it's easy. Well, not easy, but it can be easy just to pump out pattern after pattern. But um, I personally like to take a few months or so to you know work on a pattern design, make sure I'm completely happy with it. Are there times I release a pattern? I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I would have done it in these colors or changed this about it for sure. Um, I'm very critical of my own designs, but um, I, I, yeah, I like to take my time with it. I like to make sure whatever I'm releasing is as error-free as possible. And um, yeah, and I'm as happy with it as, as I can be too. So for those that aren't familiar with your pattern releases, you also run um, quilt alongs that go with it uh, with the release. Um, so could you walk us through what people would expect uh, in your quilt alongs? Yeah. So my quilt alongs typically are like six to eight weeks long. 
I do weekly newsletters. Um, I'll do either weekly prizes or a big grand prize at the end. I also, in the newsletters, try to include tips or advice for making uh, the quilts. Um, and I don't know if I already mentioned this, but I'll also, um, at least one of the weeks in the newsletter, I'll, I'll give like a free pattern, whether it's like a little mini paper piecing pattern of the block within the quilt or like a pillow pattern using a block from the quilt. So, so yeah, those are things I try to incorporate with every quilt along. Did you start running the quilt alongs pretty early on in your pattern writing business or was this something that kind of happened along the way and you just found it really stuck or really resonated with folks? Um, I think it just happened along the way. Early on in my career, I did a block of the month with a friend of mine. And that was probably when I was first introduced to like a sew along type of thing. But I don't, the weekly sew alongs, I don't, I don't think became popular until maybe a couple years later. And I think it was just seeing someone else doing it. I was like, oh, that's fun. And that's a great way to promote a pattern or, you know, make more people aware of the pattern. Um, and also, I just think it's so much fun during a quilt along just to see what people do with your design and just see see how creative people can be with it. But yeah, I think it just, I did a block of the month and then I saw someone do like a, a weekly sort of quilt along and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that. And yeah, it just has kind of stuck do you have like, you know, I think one thing that I think we all probably run into at some point or other is kind of like, you kind of get exhausted or life comes up and, you know, finishing a quilt just kind of falls by the wayside. So, you know, how have you found running these quilt alongs, you know, keeping up engagement, encouraging people to, you know, see the quilt through, you know, do you have any tips or tricks for like keeping energy when you just don't even want to sew? Hmm. <laughs> I actually tell people when I, you know, cause I will get messaged or even told in person, like, oh, I would have loved to participate in your quilt along, or I started, you know, I made it the first two weeks and then life and, you know, I couldn't finish. And I'm like, honestly, if I wasn't doing this as a business, I don't know if I would make it past week two either. So, um, it's, yeah, it's hard to answer that question. Um, I, I think, Honestly, I think what's helpful is creating a sense of community with each quilt along. Um, I always like I feel like a proud mom when I see people's posts uh, during the quilt along. I love to share them with everyone because, you know, it's again, I feel like a proud mom when I see them. So sharing people's posts and just taking, you know, good photos. And if you're I, lately, I've been doing video tutorials. And so taking your time with those so that they're actually helpful and and whatnot, I think is also, you know, important and can help with engagement. But, you know, typically, if I'm being honest, though, I, my quilt along posts, they get the least amount of engagement as my other posts. And it makes sense because if you're not participating in the quilt along, why would you engage with this post? So it just depends on how many people are participating in the quilt along kind of is dependent on my engagement um, sometimes. So, um, but I try not to put too much stock into it. Um, you know, I still try and have fun with it and not read into the numbers too much. You know, I definitely factor those in, but I don't, I don't lose sleep at night <laughs> over it basically. And so you mentioned that you've started incorporating in video tutorials. Is this through Instagram or are you exploring other channels? So I will use TikTok to, um, you know, create the video 
and edit the video sometimes, but um, I'll post there and then then I'll post Instagram. So I I have started posting to TikTok, um, but yeah, I'll also share to Instagram and uh, Facebook too. Are you enjoying TikTok? Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, personally, when I'm on that app, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> um, like I'm laughing. I, you know, it's a very entertaining app to be on. Um, as a business, um, it's kind of a different experience. I definitely, the comments on my videos can be a little bit more harsh than they are on Instagram, for example. Wait, but, seriously? Oh yeah. People are oh. very honest with their, their thoughts. There's not, nobody's really got a filter on TikTok is what I I've thought, experienced. I thought nobody had a filter on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been really, I think I've been really lucky with Instagram where I, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've gotten like truly like ill-intentioned and just horrible feedback or comments from people. Typically people are well-intentioned. Maybe the way they word it isn't okay, the best. That's, that's but a fair distinction. That is Yes, but <laughs> I've only gotten like a handful of people being like, you're you're ugly or you know <gasps> no. <laughs> oh yeah people people look at my Oh my God. That is savage. I, like I am never boring. going on TikTok. <laughs> no, at the beginning of my career I would or on Instagram I should say I would do a lot of stories without makeup on uh -huh. and I would just call constantly. Okay. So again, ill-intentioned or, or well-intentioned, there is a difference, but so I've only gotten a handful of like straight up your ugly sort of messages, but I'd have people who are well-intentioned that would be like, are you sick? <laughs> are you not, have you not been sleeping well? So um, that like, kind we of, are not close enough friends for that kind of like inquiry. Yes, I know. Um, so I've gotten stuff like that. That's, you know, chipped away a little bit at the <laughs> self-esteem. I think but. I do remember you tried, I watched one of your stories and you were correcting that. Yes. I'm, like, I'm fine, everyone. <laughs> yes. Or I had, there was one time where I was like talking about how I, I think Conan O'Brien is cute. And people were like, well, you, you look like him and he's hideous. <gasps> so no wonder he's hideous. So no wonder you like him. I was like, dang, wow. dang. <laughs> and then I thought that like getting comments on like, oh, you did not press this. Like the, you, there's a lot of wrinkles in this. <laughs> yeah, I'll get those too. But yeah, I get some personal ones every now and then. And I'm like. Okay. Jesus, but I, I genuinely, I know these people probably are kind of miserable in life. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. And it's them taking out, taking it out on me, and it's not, it's not but actually it's, personal. But knowing that makes it does not make it easier to take. <laughs> and to like, it's not okay. Get rid of it. No, it's not okay. And it, yeah. I mean, it makes it easier now. At the beginning, I definitely took it more personally. But now I'm like, you have you. I don't know. I know I'm not actually ugly. Um, so. So that's, I mean, it's, it's your, your problem, not mine. <laughs> so with all that you've got going on, what are your quilting goals um, for the year? Um, my quilting goals professionally is probably just to release one or two more quilt patterns. Nothing, nothing too exciting. And then um, probably, yeah, quilt along. I, I am doing one next month. So that, yeah, that also that's a goal to finish that, um, <laughs> to make it through those eight weeks. Um, and per 
Personally, though, some sewing goals, not necessarily quilting goals. I would love to sew maybe a couple garments before the year is up. I haven't sewn clothes in a very long time, but I kind of have the garment, you know, itch right now. So, yeah, maybe make a couple like a quilt jacket is what I'm thinking and maybe a button up top. That's that's a goal I have this year for sure. Have you already picked out the patterns or? Yes. Yeah. Patterns are picked out. Um, camp, I think it's called camp shirt is what I'm doing for the button up top. And then. Those are super popular right now. Yes. Yes. I'm very, I actually started cutting it out last night. So I'm, I, but I am Ooh. taking my time because I making time for personal sewing is, is difficult. So it's, I'm just chipping away at it, you know, kind of slowly. Um, but the quilt jacket pattern I got, I think it's pronounced Hovea. Oh, um, yes. It's a great it's pattern. It's a really good pattern. Okay. Yeah. And I like, <laughs> I like that it's kind of beginner friendly too. Yes. So, um, so I'm going to do that one as well. Yeah. And the way that they've written it, so Megan Nielsen, she wrote it and it's just so easy to follow. And oh, especially like coming <laughs> from, like if you're using those, sorry to, to, to name names, but <laughs> coming from like, you know, McCall's or like the Vogue patterns it's just a lot easier to follow oh, um, it's also got yeah. so that's many different to hear. like variations <laughs> yes. like you can do all the different colors and yes. stuff like that which i think is really key like by the time you get to that step you're like do i want a quilted collar no i don't <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah this all little... the the options were <laughs> yeah. it was definitely a selling point and with the quilt jacket that you're going to create are you going to incorporate one of your designs into it or you're just gonna go um I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought about that. I'm, I probably will at some point. I think for my first quilt jacket, I'm going to keep it simple and just do, yeah, just an all over, you know, sing, a single fabric. But I'm definitely, I would love to do that, you know, at some point. I did my very first quilt jacket. I made this mistake. Sorry, going off tangent. But <laughs> no, please I, tell me. <laughs> um, did a scrappy half square triangle. So it's purple and white. Mm -hmm. two-toned um and it was like a fairly long coat and then when I put it on it looked like a science like one of those lab <laughs> coats so <laughs> dang it it. Looked, it looked really silly um so my advice when you pick out uh fabrics for a quilt jacket is probably go neutrals and okay. um colors that you know would go with your wardrobe okay okay good to know <laughs> I, I did do like a dusty blue kind of um speckled uh fl flannel is what i'm doing for the so yeah it's pretty neutral but still has some color to it but. oh and also go up one size oh um, okay good as well uh, okay because then that way you could layer up underneath so on that note it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions are you ready Lindsay? I am. Okay, Wendy, why don't you take us away? Okay. Uh, so what is your favorite time of day to quilt? The afternoon. And where do you sew? In my bedroom. And do you wear shoes while sewing? No, never. <laughs> socks. <laughs> no socks. No. Yeah. Well, just I mean, feet, you are in Arizona. Some people out, but so, yeah. It's all right. I go barefoot too. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. I find that disgusting in New York. But anyways, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I understand, but I just can't. I need to feel the pedal mm -hmm. when I sew. Music, Netflix, podcasts, or the sounds of silence while sewing? 
I actually, I'm on YouTube a lot during the day while I'm sewing. So I'm listening to music on there, podcasts, just videos. So, so yeah, mostly YouTube. And do you have a current favorite? Yeah. So I love the Try Guys. Oh, <gasps> me too. Uh, I love Good Mythical Morning, <laughs> uh, Philip DeFranco, um, and kind of an unpopular one, but I, I love them. Uh, H3 podcast. That's one of my favorites. Uh, what is your favorite traditional block? Uh, bear paw. Favorite pen and paper pen design today? If I had to pick one, I probably would say Fresh as a Daisy. And what color fabric do you use the most? Um, ye- yellows. So yeah, curry, yarrow, um, also oranges, cedar. Um, yeah, those are probably my favorites. Favorite fabric designer? Um, favorite fabric designer is probably Mel- Melody Miller. She has great floral prints that she does in her collections. And I'm a, I'm a sucker for those. And what is your favorite quilt shop? Uh, probably the one I used to work for, which was ETC. I really miss working there and yeah, wish it was still open. Okay. Pick one. Packing orders, designing or creating content <laughs> for social media. Um, I love designing. If I could do that all day long, I would. Um, next would probably be packing orders. Creating content, not not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, what sewing notion couldn't you live without? Um, probably my fine line glue tips. That sounds like self-promotion, but I've been using them longer than I've been selling them for. So definitely those. What's your favorite thing about the glue tips? Um, I love how accurate and precise my piecing is when I use them. I just glue my pieces together and then I can just sew without interruption. And I, my seams line up, you know, almost every time. And yeah, that's probably my favorite. And that's for, that's not for paper piecing. That's no, it's just for regular. So basically instead of pins, I'm using okay. glue. Yeah. Cool. And what is your favorite ruler size? Um, I use a six and a half by 12 and a half, 99% of the time. And a favorite part of a quilt along? Definitely the last week when people are posting their, <laughs> their quilt tops, that is my favorite part. And do you have a go-to long arm quilter? Yes. I send all my quilts to Julie Hurt. I love her so much. <laughs> so what's your favorite part of the quilting process? Um, hand binding. I love to bind. Yeah. Just sit in front of the TV or whatever and veg out and yeah, eat, eat snacks and bind. What is your least favorite part of the quilting process? Um, quilting my quilts. I always outsource that unless it's a pillow or a mini quilt, then I'll do it myself. But generally I'll, I'll send those to a long armor. And what's one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? Um, I wish I would slow down more. I, I, I speed through things maybe a little bit too much. And do you have a quilty best friend? I do. I have two actually. Um, Amy from Sotopia is a BFF and then Megan from Hulala Crafts. And who's your quilty crush? Right now, I love uh, Pride and Joy quilting. She is just, I really admire her work ethic. She's just, she's an amazing human. So I love her. We love her too. Yeah, she's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) How many quilts are in your whip pile right now? I don't have any, but I will soon because of the quilt along. But yeah, at the moment, I don't have any. It's all kind of computer work at the moment. And do you have any interests or hobbies? 
Um, <laughs> not really. <laughs> sewing, sewing takes up all of my time. And when I'm not doing that, I think my favorite thing to do is just spend time with family and friends. So if that counts, I don't know. <laughs> um, now, before we wrap today up, we've got just one more question for you. And that is, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Okay. So this was hard to narrow it down to three, but uh, third story workshop, Andrea, she's like, not a jack of all trades. What would it be for a girl? Jill of all trades. Um, she designs fabric for spoon flowers. She designs patterns. She's done a freaking art installation on a building. Like she does everything and she does it so well. Um, next would be geometric quilt. She does Sunday sketches every Sunday. And I'm like, how do you come up with something new every, every week? And then it's always like it genuinely would be an amazing pattern too. If, you know, if it got turned into a pattern, they're always so well-designed and I'm always amazed by them. And then my third one would be Emily Van Hoff. She does these amazing wall hangings that like make my jaw drop whenever I see them. And they're just so well made too. Like her attention to detail just is incredible. So on that note, we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio. Wendy. I'm at the.weekendquilta. And Lindsay. I'm at Pen and Paper Patterns. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 <laughs> Was I supposed to say bye? Sorry. Yeah, you did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yay. <laughs>